Hey everyone, coming up on this week's show, Bob Iger receives a lower salary compensation in 2016, the futuristic cabanas of Tomorrowland will cease to be a thing of the future, and could we finally be seeing the opening of Planet Hollywood Observatory? Not that anyone cares. Plus, we'll have our Festival of the Arts coverage and discuss the threat of the week. Live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 925, for the week of January 17th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's show. I am your host for this week, Craig Williams, and I am joined at the table alongside... By uh, John Majot. Everybody. Oh, that looks terrible. Yep. Kevin Close. That was a bad sentence. <laughs> yes, it was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Kathy Worling. Hi, everybody. Julie Martin. Hey, y'all. And back on the controls, Oliver Green. Hello. All alone today, by the way. So Yes. Yes. So I should explain that I am hosting today, filling in for Pete, because he can't be here. He's currently with his mother uh, at a doctor's appointment, but he will be back joining us next week. I promise it will not be another week of me. Um, so let's get things kicked off like normally with a little bit of housekeeping. I want to start by reminding everyone about our Patreon, patreon.com slash disunplugged, if you would like to uh, help give us a little bit of extra money and we'll give you a little bit of extra content uh, that may be good or bad based on what Oliver and Rhino decide to do with it. And also, if anyone's interested in becoming a video contributor for us, we will have a link in the show notes at disunplugged.com where you can find out more information on what that is, what it means. All of that good information out there. So that will lead me into talking about this week's shows. And of course, we will start off with the show that happens every week on Mondays, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show. John, what's happening on Dreams Unlimited Travel Show this week? This past week, we released episode two of um, our cover of a celebrity cruise that Tracy took with her son, Ben. Um, we want to remind people that these shows are sometimes uh, recorded in advance had a little bit of confusion about some things that were said pertaining to Podcast Crew 6. We had taped that one before Podcast Crew 6, so got to keep that in mind when you watch those shows. They're not live. They're not done that week. But upcoming next week, Kevin and I are going to talk about our Backstage Magic Adventures by Disney Trip, which was last... when August, oh, September. Something like that. So we're a little no, exactly behind. like that. <laughs> was it August or September? It started in August. It ended in September. I understood that, Kevin. I didn't. Mm. So yeah, we talk all about our backstage magic trip. So very good. Hope you guys tune in for those. Yes. Find that Mondays. Disunplug.com or YouTube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel. Also, going out live on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And then Monday on iTunes is the Disneyland edition of the Dis Unplugged. And this week, the Disneyland team discusses the recently announced Disney Max Pass, a new option that will let us to book and redeem Fast Passes from the Disneyland app for the low introductory price of $10 per person per day. Possibly the worst name ever. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Max Pass. (laughs) How many times have people going to call it the Maxi Pass? Yeah, Probably a lot. Say it 10 times fast. It'll come out. (laughs) 
So look for that. Mondays, disunplug.com. Uh, on Wednesday is the best and worst of Walt Disney World show with Oliver, Pete, Steve, other people. What's happening this week? <laughs> this week we are talking about rookie mistakes made at Walt Disney World. So it's an interesting show. Um, it is aimed at people that may be coming for the first time, uh, but it's not just for those people. I think if you've been before, you might find some um, some mistakes. It'll be interesting to see if your rookie mistakes match up to ours. So that's what I'd say. Mm. Tune in for that. It's, it's, it's going to be a good one. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> and then on Thursday, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. And this week, we will be talking about the opening date for Race Through New York, starring Jimmy Fallon, as well as the uh, new lines that they're introducing with it, where you don't have to wait. And uh, combining that with a little bit of talk on Shrek 4D, because right now they're currently trying to utilize a uh, wait time ticket thing to wait in line. So just hear about that on Thursday. In other words, a fast pass? It's yes and no. It's mm. very strange. So because they're not, it's a fast pass if you don't have to also have a standby line. So only fast passes. It's bizarre. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so yeah, Thursday, one o'clock, disunplug.com for that. <sighs> Friday, uh, Dispop also disunplug.com like everything that I'm talking about. Uh, this week, Rhino will be discussing all things. All the top Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, pop culture news of the week, along with his review of the newest Netflix original series, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Look for that on Friday. And also connecting with Walt, Michael and Craig will continue their examination of Walt Disney's animated films with a look at the Alice in Cartoon Land series. I like it when Craig talks about himself in the third <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Oh, I did not even hear myself <laughs> say that. Yeah, right. yeah, Michael and Craig. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. Craig will so. be hilarious on this <laughs> <laughs> Tall and handsome, too. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I do feel that way about myself. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, that's all of our shows this week and next week and all over. So... Does anyone else have any other housekeeping? We do not. No? no. Wow. Not a thing. Good. Okay. Well, not good, but <laughs> interesting. Nonetheless. Let's be caught up. Okay, good. So let's move on to the news with John. Okay, good. All right. Good. Great. Excellent. Good. All right. Our first news story. Disney CEO Bob Iger receives lower salary compensation in 2016 versus 2015. Let's all feel sorry for Mr. Yes. Iger. Yeah. The Orlando Sentinel is reporting that Walt Disney Company CEO Bob Iger's 2016 salary total was down slightly from his 2015 salary. In 2016, he made $43.9 million. In 2015, his salary was $44.9 million. wonder Aww. where he's going to cut back. Well, you know, food stamps are up next, I believe. <laughs> I bet the people that sell glow sticks on Main Street feel bad for that. Disney filed paperwork this week with the Securities and Exchange Commission releasing these numbers. The article states, quote, Iger's compensation includes a base salary of $2.5 million and a cash bonus of $20 million along with stocks and options. It also includes $282,000 worth of air travel and $869,000 in security costs. In spite of the company's many successes in the movie studios division and others, um, Iger's cash bonus was lowered because overall growth this year was not as high as the previous year. Disney said that Iger, quote, showed leadership in the exceptional success of the company's relaunch of the Star Wars franchise, 
and the historic and successful opening of Shanghai Disney Resort. Iger's contract expires in June 2018. He is expected to step down at that time. Yeah, so much for that, huh? Yeah. No, it's sad that he. When didn't you make, make as that much. much, do you notice that little bit of a difference in your salary? That's what I was thinking. Honestly, what difference does it make at this point? Like, right. what? I know. I know. Someone's going to say a million dollars, but no, I mean, I, I don't have much experience. <laughs> no. I well, think that when you make certain numbers in your life and you achieve a certain amount of uh, income, I believe it's you know more an ego thing than anything else. Yes, I do I think, think he's selling stuff on eBay, though. <laughs> <laughs> he has old cast member name tag ends up on eBay. Yeah, I think at this point it's just a matter of my ego is I've made a little bit less, I've made a little bit less. But, you know, at what point is it just silly? It's a million less for him to donate it to someone who needs it more. I really don't know what to say about it. That's a lot of money. That is he lot. deserves every penny of it. <laughs> no. No. I, you know, I guess he's doing a good job. He's running yes. a very good company. We like what he's doing. But, you know, to Kevin's point, at what point does $40 million mean more to you than $20 million and putting $20 million back into your company and saying that this might be something we could give to other people in the company or do something else with? But who am I to judge? Well, maybe we can blame it on Shanghai that he got less money. Well, they said the success of Shanghai, and I thought, well. really? <laughs> They still count as a success. Wow. I apologize. I can't speak today, but it's hard to imagine that he will against. I mean, they're still planning on him to step down in 2018, but when he's making this kind of money, I just don't see how he could step down. I mean, I'm sure his job's very stressful, but he's still young. What else is he going to do? Uh, Live on the millions of dollars that he already made. (laughs) That just seems boring to me. So we could use another production person. (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I've not got any comment actually so far. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on then to the All next right, fun story. Second news story, probably the reason why Iger's making less money. <laughs> Cabana rentals at the Magic Kingdom Park are soon to, be, soon to become a thing of the past. In November of 2016, we reported about mysterious white cabana-style tents popping up in Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom and being rented to guests for $649 per day. Apparently, the test didn't go well, as Disney has hoped it didn't go well. As Disney has hoped, the Orlando Sentinel is reporting that quote Walt Disney World is pulling the plug on the pricey rentals, stating that they will no longer be available after February seventeenth, seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, which happens to be today. So. No, today's January 17th. Oh, shoot, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want people to think that I just sit around correcting you, but someone has to. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly appears that way, doesn't it? They're also reporting that, quote, a Disney spokeswoman said the cabanas had been planned as a test run through mid-February, confirming that early rumor. Although there was some extras included and the price was later lowered to $500, it still seemed rather exorbitant. Many people felt from the beginning that this was simply a test to see just how much guests would fork over for the convenience offered. Of sitting in a big rubber tent. Did you see the pictures of them? I did. I bet they were nice and cool. (laughs) You know, you're always so negative. Maybe. (laughs) This is why things at Disney fail. This is why Iger doesn't make as much money. (laughs) I'm responsible? You are. Okay, do you think the cabana idea is done, or do you think they're going to try it in another park a different way. 
I don't believe they're going to give up on this idea. I know we all think it's silly. I think people would do it given the right it, it, if there were, If there was a reason or there was something extra... A chair and a, it, it looked like a big rubber tent to me. It's it mm-hmm. just. Yeah, they did. And I think with a flap on the front of it. And I think, who would do that? People were renting them. You could see, you could look over the fence if you were on the people mover. And every time I went by there, I seen at least two or three people renting them. So word got out there. People were doing it. I, I guess I just don't. I see. I like the idea of having you know, like a private space and things like that. I just think the execution was really bad. It should have included lunch or delivery, food delivery, or air conditioning. Air conditioning, something. <laughs> and in the summertime, I think a family if they had a little air conditioned spot where they could, you know, have lunch and their kids cool down. I realize that would take people out of the restaurant. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think if you in. did it, if you did it along the lines of like cabanas poolside or cabanas like, like at Alani where you have access to a concierge who's going to bring yeah. you stuff you know things like that I think that would up the value of and it and a cool spot on a really hot day would appeal to people oh and I didn't I didn't ever go on that really really busy week between Christmas and New Year's so I'm sure they were very very popular that week when you know there was a ton of people in the park and people needed to escape away but um you know, it's also just a weird time of year to kind of launch this test because things are busy for the first week of January with the marathon and Martin Luther King Day. And then it kind of just slopes down. There's nothing really big until the next half marathon that's coming through. So it seems odd to test these during such an off time. Like summer might have been a better time to really look at it, see how popular they were going to be. But um, I think that they are going to come back into the future um, because there was rumors about them popping up in Epcot to try Mm -hmm. to test them out uh, potentially down the road in Star Wars land once that opens up. So that way people have a nice escape without having to leave that whole area of Hollywood studios. Or if it came with like a shuttle to a pool in the summer, I'm just trying to think what would make it successful. Like, you know, listen, if you want to go to the pool for an hour, just call us and we'll drive you over to the contemporary hotel and you can use the pool and then come back to the park kind of thing. It just seemed to me that there wasn't a lot to offer. I also find it very strange that, okay, we have a popular website and a lot of people uh, get information from us, but the general population isn't going to know that these are there. Right. So how do you expect them to be full just on word of mouth or just on maybe someone coming in to get services and being told about them? It seems very odd that they would expect them to be busier than they were. They're not making commercials about them. Let's put right. it that way. Right. Or even you, give them um, that VIP tour where you get backstage access that if you would have rented a cabana, maybe they brought you in backstage. and Right. But that would make it. That would be a perk. Right. It didn't seem like a whole lot of perks attached no. to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but if they did add the cabanas, other places in the future, Epcot, whatever, maybe they could also add then that you get even more VIP treatment to have access to go over and switch your cabana over there. Because like in, in terms of this, they assume that you're going to want to stay in the one park all day. Right. Where I'm sure a lot of people want to park hawk to it. We are really digging into the details on this one. <laughs> but... If yeah. they set one up during food and wine and had food delivery, right? Oh, that'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Place to sit and eat. Mm-hmm. Just don't block the can. walkway. They're already small enough as it is. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, there's so much room back in World Showcase. You don't see it, but there's many nooks and crannies around where you could set up a bunch of cabanas somewhere. Out in the international on the, how about on the water? 
on the water. Oh, yeah. Right? Cabana. Floating cabanas? I don't know if they yeah. could build, they could put them on stilts, right? Jet skis? <laughs> you can take a jet ski to get to it? That'll be fun. <laughs> I look forward to that day. So I guess we'll see if they come back in the future. Uh, I'm sure they will. Maybe around summer when uh, they have crowds again to see how popular they are. But mm. now hopefully they have better AC then and not just a flap in the side of the tent. We shall see. Yes. All right. On to our third and final news story. Disney Springs, Planet Hollywood Observatory to open next week. No matter what you call it, <laughs> it's still Planet Hollywood. The Planet Hollywood Observatory... At Disney Springs is once again it's an, once again announcing a date for possible opening. A restaurant employee told the Orlando Sentinel that reservations would be open as early as January 22nd. After closing in January 2016 for refurbishment, the location was originally supposed to open in June of 2016, but that date has been pushed back several times due to construction delays. As of this past week, construction was still taking place on the exterior of the restaurant. A job fair in September resulted in 500 new workers for the restaurant. That's a lot. A new menu has been created for the restaurant and includes several new items designed by celebrity chef Guy Fieri. Did you choke when I said his name on purpose? No, I swallowed my coffee wrong. Oh. <laughs> Planet Hollywood Observatory will open at 11 a.m. and will take reservations for as late as 10.45 p.m. I don't know about you, but it feels to me like with all the other really good stuff at Disney Springs, this is really going to just not do well. It seems to me There's like so many other a, choices. unless they've really done something with this whole planetarium thing to make it uber cool, it seems like a, an idea that's time has come and gone. I, it's the menu, though, that I think a lot of people are going to look twice at. You know, they've, they haven't released the full menu yet of everything that's going to happen, but they've, they've put out a lot of them, and I've made fun of a lot of them. But... Like, I want to go just specifically to see one dish in particular, the Lobster Feast Fra Diavolo. I really butchered that. But essentially, it's spaghetti served inside a lobster. Okay, I don't know. Then. You take your lobster out of the shell. Why would you eat anything? Right. Why would you put well, something look, back I mean, in the shell? Sorry, we don't have a picture of that. But look how bizarre it looks. And what if you, I mean, you're going to get some little pieces of shell. And Fra Diavolo is spicy, so that limits the people who would eat it. And a lobster shell doesn't hold a whole lot. No, <laughs> no it really doesn't, but it's just so bizarre to that me. That is really weird. We have been to Guy Fieri's restaurant in New York City in the theater district. This, in my opinion, this is not, this does not bode well. It was awful and cold and expensive, and I think it was pretty much thrown from the kitchen. Here, catch. So It was not a good culinary experience at all. So... Unless they amp it up a little bit. And as I said, unless they do something really cool with this whole planetarium thing. Yeah, no, the the concept art did make the restaurant look very pretty. But, um, you know, the, the menu is going to actually have to satisfy a little bit and not be the same prices that they used to have. I mean, it can be similar as long as they up the quality of the food. But, you know, they have to... Well, now they also have to complete, compete with places like Homecoming. Yeah. Well, yeah, which I think this is my great. point, is that the, all that stuff that they have right now is so much better than anything that Planet Hollywood used to serve. And I get, you have a celebrity chef and that's supposed to up the game. I'm wondering why they have to keep Planet Hollywood. I was going to say the same thing. Do you think? Yeah. I want to see that big ball rolled out of there. I mean, really. <laughs> and I get to that, you know, maybe because of the structure, it was not economical to tear it down and create something new. But the fact that it still has to be branded right. Planet Hollywood seems really weird to me. 
Like they must have something that they can't. It's that horrible stained blue tarp is going. Yeah. I think it looks great. I think it looks awesome when you see it and you look, you walk past it. It's definitely a huge, huge improvement. I'm, I'm willing to try it, but when there's all the other choices at Disney Springs now, it's like you get one try and I'll go back to my favorites. Well, isn't that the problem now at Disney Springs? There's so much down there. Mm-hmm. You can't get to everything. And you wind up going back to the same place over yeah. and over again. We go back to homecoming. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. And, I mean, the other place that I'm excited for, I'm excited to see Paddlefish, what they yes. actually do uh, with the menu and how they've changed the theming up into that. But it seems like that construction keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And I know they said that they were pushed back because of the hurricane that came through, which we've joked didn't. about. Yeah. It didn't come through. So that was just a sorry excuse for why they're not hitting their their deadline on that. But... I don't know. There's only like seven planet Hollywoods left in the world. So, do you I, think they were trying to adjust as they were doing things based on like the popularity of the restaurants at Disney Springs? Like, yeah. have they changed their like focus or their? Oh, food let's sell cheeseburgers. Or, oh, wait, pizza. Wait, let's have wings. Right. Right. Well, I can tell you, uh, Planet Hollywood definitely did. I they have to still be messing with their menu because just. A little bit ago, they came out with the milkshakes that they were going to serve there. And they look exactly like the same stuff you can get at Toothsome Chocolate Factory okay. milkshakes over at Universal, which have been, you know, they're very popular, expensive, topped off with every little thing you could ever think of. And so I doubt that Planet Hollywood was thinking about gourmet milkshakes from the time that they thought they were going to redo it. So um, they do have the benefit of watching what has been successful with every other restaurant going in there to see what they should do, what they shouldn't do. And uh, eventually we'll have to suffer through it. I also wonder, too, if the theming inside is still going to be Hollywood. I think, are they still going to have costumes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to... It's so weird. It's just so weird. It's going to be a costume planetarium? They, they They promise it to be different though just a little bit more interactive a little bit classier looking not crap thrown up on the walls like tgi fridays anymore and those vinyl tablecloths hey that my grandmother used to have vinyl tablecloths are very easy to clean (laughs) that's why i go to restaurants all right that'll do it for the ease of cleanliness Perfect. Thank you, John. So now we are going to cut over to Rhino and Steve, who I believe are at Animal Kingdom today. So, uh, Rhino, Steve, what's going on? Hello. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. oh, sorry. Were we yelling? Is that too loud? You, you were yelling a little bit, but it's okay. I'm just excited about being on the show. <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad someone is today. Um, it, was, it was a joke. I'm sarcastic. I get it. Steve, are you standing on a box? I'm not. Oh, we're on a hill. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> there you go. Rhino's just short. I'm on my tippy toes right now. <laughs> oh, good. So, what are you guys doing today? What trouble are you getting into? Um, well, we we weren't sure. We kind of came here because we feel like uh, the you know the first time I called in, I was at Hollywood Studios, and then we were at um, Magic, Kingdom. Magic Kingdom last week, and then you guys were talking about the Festival of the Arts that we went to this weekend, and so I was like, well, let's throw in the fourth park and get some love to Animal Kingdom. Okay, so well, we're just kind of us... walking around. Good. We actually uh, sorry, we went to eat at the Harambe Market, which was delicious. There'll be a review of that again. Um, and then, yeah, we stopped by. I saw some kid pick up one of these. It's the Glowing Stein for the Rivers of Light uh, themed Glowing Stein. It's not anything new, but I is the first time I ever saw it. So yeah, I, I've never seen this in person before. Either. Yeah, it's actually really cool. It lights up from the inside. It has LEDs. 
you probably can't tell, but um, uh, it yeah, it's a really time. good quality souvenir mug. So that's awesome. So yeah. it, it, it's really cool because I feel like this is the type of piece that you could get as a souvenir mug uh, for like a Disney vacation, and when you go home. It's not like overly Disney. Yeah. So maybe you could like have this on your good desk. display piece. Yeah. yeah. Have this at your desk at work and people don't think you're like that Disney freak or whatever. Your idea of souvenirs make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, when I was coming into the park in the parking lot, you can see it, it looks like they tore down a bunch of trees in front of uh, where Avatar, the Pandora area is going to be. And it looks like they're trying to put up more floating islands above this building that currently looks like a parking garage because I, I thought that there were cars I, parked on the building. I'm fairly certain you're not going to be able to see it once you're in the park, though. Oh. But the, the <laughs> island's on top of the roof. <laughs> like, a little count, disagreement there. It's like point-counterpoint discussion. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It looks like they need to do something because it reminds me of like when Everest was first built and you could see only half of Everest had been built and it like it it didn't have that immersive theming all the way around it. You know what I mean? Like it just drops off on one side. Are are we able to see it from where you're standing? No, um I I well we'd have to, we would have had to leave and go all the way back out into the giraffe parking lot, oh, but okay. I did take a photo that I'll I'll tweet out. Um, and, and show you um, from the parking lot. And uh, not to sound vulgar, but the little islands they put on top of it no, look gosh, like... don't say it. Okay. I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're thinking. Disney does have a language policy. Well, they just... They got little tails on the bottom of them. It looks like the opening of Look Who's Talking. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not impressed. That's all I'm going to say. But. Okay. Trying <laughs> how to spell it from yeah. your mouth it to Kevin. <laughs> so spin the camera around. Let's yeah. see the park. I'm tired of looking at you. Oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah. Honey. We actually are right near the tree of life. Yeah. Well, we saw that. I muted you. I didn't turn you around. Hold on. Let's go over here. Let's go. Yeah. Hold on one second. Steve really and I are doing the tandem microphone thing because we thought it'd be cute. So we really need to get a splitter that has like. There's a tree. Look at the tray. Oh, wow. Pretty tray. Um, <laughs> it's not too busy today either. It seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem busy, but dinosaurs at like a 50-minute wait it was earlier. And it doesn't feel like the surface of the sun, which it usually does feel like in Animal Kingdom today. That's it's like because it's January. Not too hot, which is good. You have a good. firm grasp of the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get? What you guys going to do next? Um, well, we have Fast Passes for Dinosaur, so we're going to do that. And then, um, I don't know, just go with the uh, the wind takes us, I think. And, and you I should ask people if they want to buy a mug. A while, so. <laughs> we miss that. What's that? You should stand next to the mugs and see if people want to buy them. Explain to them about putting it on your desk and not looking like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go around and just start selling mug people until we get kicked out. And mug people. Mugs to people. We're mugging people. What? <laughs> Cut them off. It's for the parking lot. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, as enthralling <laughs> as this is, I think uh, we should probably move on to rapid fire. So thank you guys so much for calling okay. in. Uh, we will see what you're up to next week, I'm sure. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Take care. Oh, well, that was wonderful. They have such a hard job, don't they? They do. I mean, sharing a microphone. <laughs> very... Have some lunch, and I'm going to go on a ride. <laughs> The life of the one percent, I guess. 
So <laughs> let's start off with uh, John for rapid fire. How All about right. that? My rapid fire is, have you guys heard about this delicious Disney chef series that they just announced? I thought it was Tables in Wonderland, but it's actually open to everybody. But there's a Tables in Wonderland gift if you book it. And it's these series of dinners that they're going to have. Uh, January through the end of the year, actually, in different locations, and different chefs are going to uh, do things and make food, but it's supposed to have storytelling with food is the big component to it. Okay. And the first one is January 31st. Um, it's going to be uh, celebrate the Magic Kingdom's 45th anniversary. Um, location's going to be in Cinderella's Royal Table. You start at 7.45 for a fireworks reception. 9 o'clock is dinner, and the price is $499 wow. per person. Per and person? Per person. I was, gonna say, I was hoping you were going to say per couple. No. Nope. Guess who has reservations for that one? You? Our very own Pete. Oh, okay. So, uh, I, I am blown away. But you know what the problem is? I know I'm old. Because my first problem wasn't the price. It was the fact that you were going to get it at 9 o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who can eat at 9 o'clock? Yeah, I don't even know. Mm-mm. That's the one, too, that Disney ended up calling all the people who had dining reservations at Cinderella's Royal mm-hmm. Table for that night and told them they had to go elsewhere. <sighs> Other ones are not as expensive. Um, February is going to be uh, someplace, oh, Markham's at Golden Oak for 249 a person. Um, well, actually, the rest of them are at Markham's. No, one's going to be, be our guest in September for $349 a person. And then um, there's going to be one at the Tree Farm for $199 a person oh, in December. What Tree Farm? That's the location... A little bit backstage area at Disney where they have the trees for... Oh, down by Animal Kingdom. Yeah, behind Animal Kingdom where they sort of grow the the plants for the rest of property. And that's actually a cool location, but this price is crazy. It came up in my memories, I think it was just the other day when we did the one at the Great Movie Ride. That one was fun. I that wish one they was fun, but I think it was like $99 a person. But I mean, they should do more of those kind of dinners. I mean, you can eat in Cinderella's Royal Table. It's not like it's a it's a hard to get reservation. I'm but sorry, it's not I feel really bad for the people who were called up and said yeah. sorry. I mean, what if somebody was planning a proposal? Because that's mm-hmm. a popular proposal spot. Or I'm sure there's little kids, uh, families with little kids, yep. who little girls looking forward to mm-hmm. it. So, so there you go. If you've got 500 bucks and you don't mind eating at nine o'clock, <laughs> you could have dinner or a cabana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and after Pete does the uh, Cinderella Royal Table one, I'm sure we'll have a review of that in the future. So, cool. Thank you, John. Well, Gavin? I have a Star Wars rapid fire. I know. So a good one. A good one. Uh, there's going to be a one night Star Wars hard ticketed event planned for Hollywood Studios. Walt Disney World has announced a new hard ticket Star Wars themed event that will take place April 14th. Star Wars Galactic Nights will take place from 7 to midnight and will include a variety of activities for the whole family. The movie premiere style party will celebrate 40 years of the greatest saga ever told. Guests can wear Star Wars themed costumes. Are you excited yet? Mm-hmm. And clo- Star Wars costumes and clothing while they walk the red carpet toward an intergalactic introduction. Some of the other activities will be- include rebel base activities. Those are hosted shows, dance parties and more. Inside the Saga, a celebrity chat show hosted in the Epic Theater. You can learn about the making of Star Wars from this celebrity chat show. They don't mention celebrities, just they're calling it that. 
There's going to be photo ops. Um, Star Wars backdrops will be available. Han Solo and Carbonite. Jabba the Hutt's Palace. The Hoth Wampa Cave. That's the one that excites me. <laughs> Galactic Night Stars and Cars Motorcade. Those celebrities are going to go down the street in cars. Imperial March and March of the First Order. The Dark Side will arrive with stormtroopers led down Hollywood Boulevard by Darth Vader. Captain Phasma will lead a unit of First Order stormtroopers. Seize the Saga Interactive Scavenger Hunt. It's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Star Wars, A Galaxy Far, Far Away. A mix of movie clips and characters in the event stage. And a galactic spectacular. This is the fireworks. Other things will still be open. The Star Tours Adventure continues. Star Wars Launch Bay, Path of the Jedi, Trials. They all start with Star Wars. Trials of the Temple, Toy Story Mania, The Twilight Zone, The Great Movie Ride, Muppet 3D, and The Voyage of the Little Mermaid. This shindig is going to cost you $124 for adults. I'm sorry, $124 for children. These are Disney children, three to nine. And $129 for adults, ages 10 and up. $5 difference between adults and kids. Yeah, exactly. Wow, thanks, Disney. And essentially, if everyone out there didn't put this together, uh, it's essentially just an altered version of Star Wars Weekends, except Mm -hmm. now they're going to do it at night after hours, and you get to pay extra money for it instead of it being included in your park ticket. Do we... Are we to assume that there'll actually be Star Wars celebrities at this? Is it the sort of veiled celebrities because they don't know who they are yet? Or is it going to be people in costume? What do we think that's going to be? Yes, it's going to be one of those two. (laughs) Sorry, I missed it. Are there going to be real celebrities, basically? Yes, there will be. Who's good when the the host pays attention? (laughs) Sorry, I'll update. Um, We got an update on your rapid fire. Pete actually canceled his... uh, his event after he found out that they were displacing the people from Cinderella Royal Table. Oh, wow. So once he heard that, he decided to cancel it. Good for you, Pete. (laughs) Breaking news in there. I can hear the people Um, saying. (laughs) So, yes, there will be celebrities there because it is actually also taking place the first day that Star Wars Celebration is happening in Orlando at the convention center. So they're already in town. So they'll be able to get a couple people. I'm sure like Warwick Davis will show up. Um, you know, Chewbacca the will be there. Yeah, Peter Mayhew will probably show everything. up. Um, I think I saw but public. do you know there's going to be a backdrop you could take a picture of of the Hoth Wampa Cave? Yes, and that actually wow. does interest me. Not for this amount of money, though. Um, Star Wars Weekends was a great free event. Uh, granted, it, it drew a lot of crowds, and you had to be very patient when dealing with it. But it was a free event. It should still remain a free event. This is... You know, just just another instance of Disney trying to get as much extra money from you as possible. And For five hundred extra dollars, you can have a cabana. <laughs> <laughs> one one day again, one day again. I tell you what, for ten dollars, I'll bring you a lawn chair. Let <laughs> <laughs> you know, people sit on your scooter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm done. Well, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Kathy. For all those who have been waiting, Magic Band 2s are now shipping when you order them. Uh, There was a period in there where you weren't sure what you were going to get, the version 1 or version 2, but now uh, everybody's getting the second version. So you don't get a choice. It's always going to be version 2 now with packages. Right. When you book a Walt Disney World package. Yes, and the colors you can get, because I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat, it was... Pink, blue, red, green, orange, gray, yellow, and purple. 
I yes. guess I could have just looked at the. So the only <laughs> new color is purple, right? Uh, purple. They Plus debuted really that sure. what six months ago yeah, for regular ones. Like maybe that a little was bit a big longer. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, if you're an annual pass holder and you have a Magic Band that you can still order, um, you are now getting shipped mm-hmm. those as well too. I got mine about two or three weeks ago um, after ordering it. I actually really love the Magic Band too. For the most part, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. Um, it. They somehow did manage to make it even thinner. So thinner than the. The, yes. Yeah, oh, wow. even thinner than one. At least it feels like it. You guys realize um, these aren't whole sentences and people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should always know with me that you have to do a little bit of translating between the lines. Um, it is. It, it feels thinner than Magic Band 1. So even one version B, I guess, however you're going to start classifying okay. it. The, the top definitely is a bit wider, but now that I started wearing a bigger watch... I it doesn't feel off to me, um, but yeah, I actually. Are you going to wear it as a magic band, or are you going to unscrew it and attach it to something else? No, I'll, I'll I if I unscrew it and attach it to something else, I'll probably never use it again. So I'll probably continue using it as a magic band. I just thought they would make it easier to pop out. So like when they sell the accessories, yeah, it seems for like it. you would just be able to do it by hand, but apparently you need a screwdriver, right? right? You need a screwdriver. So are all the cast members going to be given a screwdriver behind no, they're the going to sell them. Screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody at a register would probably have something where they can pop it out and change yeah. it. My question is, in the future, are they going to ask you if you want the whole Magic Band or the one with the whole ah, one? Ah, okay. So it saves them money by not having to ship a whole one with the whole RFID piece in it. Hmm. Things I think about. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe when you get there, you can redeem it, turn it in, and just get the, or oh, whatever part you want. inside I'm excited that the thing that thing will fit into those holes that people have in their ears. <laughs> you ever see kids who do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely old. <laughs> I know kids are doing that thing in their ears. <laughs> so they can lay their head against a little exactly. Oh gross. <laughs> that'll that'll speed things along. That's good, yeah. No, I'm sure guest relations will love that. <laughs> well, thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Julie. Okay, so Disney shared a first look at their new um, animated series. It's called um, Tangled Before Ever Ever After. They released the trailer, and I I watched it because um, my kids and I are pretty excited about this. We're fans of the movie. So um, if you remember, the film ended and Rapunzel's hair was cut off and turned brown. Well, in the series, something happens, and the magic returns, and her hair is now 70 feet long again. And in the trailer, uh, she's like, okay, cut it back off, cut it back off. And it breaks the scissors. You can't cut it. So I guess they're going to be like trying to figure out why this happened and all of that. So um, Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi are returning as the voice of Rapunzel and Eugene, also known as Flynn Rider. And then they have a new character. She's Rapunzel's handmaiden, Cassandra. And she is voiced by Broadway star Eden Espinosa. This will be coming in March. Um, I don't have an actual date, but it'll be on the Disney Channel. Um, like the, the first horse. one will be a, a movie, Tangled Before Ever After, and then the series will begin shortly after. Did you say you saw something? The trailer, yeah. You saw the trailer? Is it the same level of animation? Because this is beautiful. Um, this picture It's not is... the same as the movie, You could, that, but that yeah. is what you see. I tell you, that animation is yeah. pretty spectacular. It's great. Um, I watched the trailer. I showed it to Ferris and Finley. Um, I think I'm more excited than they are. <laughs> mm. 
but I will be recording them just in case it premieres while we're on our cruise in March. Um, that way we don't miss it, even though I know they rerun everything like a thousand mm-hmm. times. Um, it'll be fun. I'm really excited that Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi are returning as the voices. It's nice to hear the familiar voice. I, I really don't like it when they start a series from a movie and it's not the same voice. You can tell it's someone just trying to fake it. I agree. We'll have to see what Rhino says about it on this pop. Thank you, Julie. That's Oliver. We'll decide if we know we like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't you know? Oliver. Hello. I have, I've got a doozy <laughs> for you. Um, anti-theft devices are being added at Walt Disney World stores. Um, guests may have noticed security tags on merchandise at some Walt Disney World stores, and now the radio frequency detectors are starting to be installed at the entrance and exit locations of some shops around property. So um, from what I understand, we've been able to see these in Magic Kingdom and also in Epcot, um, and it looks like they're going to start rolling it out um, across the board. So my hope is that it's genuinely a um, a way that they can improve loss prevention yeah. and not a way where they can go, well, now we can cut back on our loss prevention cast members. So, mm-hmm. Are you shocked um, that it's that it, this hasn't happened before? Yes. For a minute, I thought, don't they always have something Well, like I, I'd assume that it'd be hidden away in the theming because to me, yeah. just looking at those photos, they look horrible. They, yeah. they are they not nice awful. looking at all. That looks like a, you know, a retail store in a mall It looks somewhere. like you're going like walking out of Walmart or Target. Yeah, yeah. it does. It does. It, it doesn't look nice. So I, I, my hope would be that they would be able to somehow incorporate it into the theme of the, uh, of the, of the shop, but, you know. I don't know. Maybe in the future, we'll see. Yeah. I don't want to pretend that I know anything about <laughs> it. But like Goofy and Mickey stand, like disguise yeah. it over those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought that they would, uh, with the metal detector situation, when that got rolled out, I thought that they'd put some theming around those, like something to hide it, and they never did. So kind of like they hide the it. cell phone tower. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love it when they do that, and you see it's they made the world's only three hundred foot tree. Oh, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not completely convinced that those tiny little plants that they put around the metal detector—that's not theming enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> One foot out of plants aren't theming enough. For you. I know, and they're not even the real thing as well. I'm sure they're all plastic. <laughs> it's Disney magic for you. Well, uh, thank you, Oliver. Okay. You're welcome. So with that. I think we are going to move out of rapid fire and on to our thread of the week. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. So this week, the thread of the week comes from our budget board and is by Tune Crazy, and it's called You Don't Have to Keep Up with the Joneses. Um, so Tune Crazy says, when I first began taking my family to the parks, we were not doing as financially well as we are now. We stayed in the good neighbor slash offsite hotels and limited our food and souvenir purchases. We saved every penny and budgeted for everything we wanted to do. But even with this kind of penny pinching vacation planning, I never envied or was jealous of someone else who could afford a different type of vacation. Yes, I saw things and I had and I planned how to do them the next time. I didn't think my family's vacations were any less because we couldn't do them at that time, though. We are making a little more money now, so the trips are a little more frequent and the hotels are on site. But even if we were still staying off site and bringing sandwiches into the park, our vacation would be magical. What about you? Are you the type of person who feels they need to keep up with Joneses to have a good vacation? Or do you focus on your vacation and not worry about other people who may have more than you? I 
first off, I don't understand the reference of the Joneses. So what? anyone can explain. Keeping that. up with the Joneses? You've never, never heard expression? of that? No, I have not. That's like a really? well-known yeah. like, in the English language world. Oh my god! I know. I'm, I'm as shocked it as you are. Like <laughs> it's a the people who have all the money in the world to spend. The Joneses. It oh, means okay. like um, you're trying to keep up with your neighbors, like yeah. always right. keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, they got a new grill. I should have a new grill. Oh, I got to get okay. a better car than I do. I should have a better car. Yeah. Okay, so I read this whole thread. I did too. And there's a couple things. <laughs> First of all, the way he worded it kind of already sort of set it up for the answer he was looking for. Because no one is going to admit, yeah, I'm jealous <laughs> of all my neighbor's good stuff. And However, there are threads out there where people say things like, how can you afford to go to Disney every year? How can you afford to stay at the Grand Floridian? I can't afford to do that. So I don't believe that this thread represents the full answer to that question. The answer to that question is money. People have more money. Right. Or they make different choices. Right. And that's what the people in this room yeah. are saying, is yeah. we make different choices. Mm-hmm. We go to, you know, these are things we know we can afford at the time. However, I don't think this thread really is a well-balanced response. Because there are people out here that do that. People ask us all the time, how can you afford to do it? How come you go away so much? How come you fly first class? How come you do this? Well, and we answer, you know, listen, I don't, we don't have children. Uh, exactly. Yeah. We don't have to save for college tuition. We're done. And you have um, a double income, just the two of you. Right. You know? and, and there are, you make different choices in life. You have different circumstances. I don't know that I ever, I mean, I might have heard about a classmate who was going to Disney and I think, oh gosh, I wish I could go. But I never sat and thought, oh, I want, I want, I want to stay in a hotel better than theirs or equal to theirs. I guess I never thought of it that way. We used to stay off-site and bring our food with us. We used to actually not even bring our food with us. We used to go back out and sit in the parking lot and have what we call parking lot picnics. We didn't do parking lot picnics. We went back to the resort and had our sandwich or did whatever. But I always looked at it as I considered myself lucky that I got to go there. I wasn't comparing myself to somebody else. Um, But that thread sort of reminds me when we get those... um, emails from people who go, what can we do to make it special? I'm still of the mind that no matter how much money you have, just being at Disney World is special. Now, if you want to spend more for your vacation, that's fine. But, you know, like the fact that we got to go and do the things that we did at at my monetary level, we had a great time. Right. And when and we, the reason we had parking lot picnics, because we weren't staying on site. Okay. And if you moved your car, because we were always there at the crack of dawn, we always had a really good parking spot. Yeah. We would never move our car because we yeah. would lose that yeah. spot. I, I agree with you. I always thought being at Disney World was special. Even after I had been there multiple times right. as we got older and our financial situation changed, I still thought walking in the main gate was special. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I don't, I didn't understand. I we guess don't, I don't we understand don't that. plan a lot of vacations to Disney because we live here, right. you know, like we might plan a weekend or whatever, but when we plan a, a vacation like outside of Florida, um, we plan for what we like, whether that's a cheap hotel, expensive hotel. Like, you know, we, we don't really think of like, we don't try to keep up. We just pick a place that we like, mm-hmm. you know, and what we, we go afford. there and yeah. what we can't afford. Um, when we go to Fort Wilderness, because we love it, which is a little more expensive to stay in a cabin, we bring our own food. So that we can have lunch and dinner there. You know, we grill out. We have sandwich stuff. We even have breakfast stuff. And that limits how many meals, you know, we actually have outside of the, the cabin. We get asked this a lot. How can you afford to fly first class? And I think, well, we make choices in life. Mm-hmm. We do things that 
you know, cost-saving measures. We, you know, I would love to fly private. I would love to have a private jet. I can't afford a private jet. I don't foresee myself ever being able to afford a private jet. But that's what I would like to do. But it doesn't mean I don't enjoy what I get to do. Yeah. And I also think there's a difference in where you're, you are in life. You know? Disney also is great in that it affords people of different economic backgrounds to do Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we recognize it's expensive and it's there's a cost involved. But there is <clears throat> less expensive resorts to stay at. There's off property to stay at. You don't have to go to the park every day. You know, there are things to do outside of a theme park that would save you a park ticket. So Disney has set up what I think is the ability for people of most economic backgrounds to mm-hmm. visit a theme One park. way or the other. I said when I lived in Pittsburgh, there were things that I didn't do so that I had money to go to Disney. Right. But then, you know, I joke about it, but one of the main reasons we moved to Florida was so that I could go to Disney more often right. because it got to be expensive. I says the year Katie did the college program, I came down nine times. So I figured living here had to be much cheaper than and visiting. warmer. Yeah, I, I equate it to other things, but the, the I equate it like to going to a concert. You know, there are people who can afford to buy the expensive seat up front, and there are people who can afford to sit in the balcony. If you buy a Disney ticket, it's sort of very. Equal. Mm -hmm. Everybody walking through the door has the same rights with that ticket at this point. What you choose to add to it is up to you Mm -hmm. and what you can afford. So there's, it's very egalitarian walking in at least. Everybody has the same access to the same rides. And even though Disney's attractions, and even though Disney is expensive, I think there's some inherent value in a Disney vacation. First Mm -hmm. of all, look at things like, uh, Magical Express. If you had to pay for transportation from the airport to Disney, think of the expense that would right. be. Mm-hmm. Um, think of the fact that there's transportation within Disney so you don't have to have a car and you can travel for free anywhere on property. So, you know, I, I think there are things that I think we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. You make choices, you do what you have to do to, to get where you want to go. Well, I also talk about it like as you're going to a movie. Let's say it's 10 bucks to go to a movie. That's an hour and a half. On any given day, you could have, you know, 10 or 15 hours at a Disney park. And all of a sudden, that $100 a day makes sense because you've got a full day's worth of entertainment as opposed to the cost of a movie. Well, I was telling Julie earlier, I took uh, my um, granddaughter turned three. So her mom and dad took her to Bibby Bobbity Boutique. You know, I never took my kids there. They didn't have it back in the day. But I always, you know, I mean, I've booked it for people, and I get that they come out and they look really cute. But when I saw my granddaughter come out of there, the other when they turned her around and she got to see herself being a princess, it's like, okay, I get it. Right. Here's you all know? my money. Yep, <laughs> yep, take it. It's worth every penny of it. But it's like you're in different situations. Like if you've gone enough times, things that you might not have done before – now all of a sudden appeal to you. But I said it was worth every penny to see her. Is Katie and, getting boutiqued? <laughs> Please but videotape said, that. When you see all the little kids that, that were in there and just how they did it, and then we went over to Magic Kingdom and then everybody fussed over because she was every time we see a kid who's obviously been boutique, even not boutiqued, just wearing a princess dress. I always refer to them as their character or name. A pirate. Mm-hmm. We always make a big deal over yeah. them. Yeah. Because they're looking for that attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that if you are always jealous of someone else and thinking about what you can't do, 
you're going to have a bad time. Right. I think that's true of everything in life. Right. Yes. So it's either going to motivate you to try and either become better educated and make more money, or it's going to motivate you to just be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to be that one person that John was talking about that disagreed with everyone else in the thread, you can find that on the budget board at thisboards.com. And we'll have a link in the show notes, of course, too. <laughs> so thanks, guys, for all of that conversation. Now let's move into our last topic for the day, the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. We just want to share a little bit about our experiences with it this weekend, let you know how we feel. And, of course, before we do that, Oliver put together a little bit of a video for those of you who haven't seen anything about it yet. So it'll be available. It is available at youtube.com slash WDWinfo for anyone listening. And let's take it away, Oliver. Okay, so the Epcot International Festival of the Arts running Fridays through Mondays. Uh, It started on January 13th this past Friday, and it will be going on until February 20th of 2017. That is the first year for it, uh, and they keep saying inaugural, so I'm assuming they're already planning on bringing it back every single year. Well, what is it? It's a mixture of... Well, food studios, um, Disney artists setting up booths to sell their merchandise, um, Disney merchandise, a couple of interactive workshops, exhibits, uh, terrible, creepy living statues that I absolutely hate, um, and a celebration of the arts in general. So um, I know our group has a lot of mixed feelings on this event as a whole, so uh, before we get into the details of going through on each of the things, um, for those of you who went, how do you feel about it? I had I high expectations. Yeah. I, and really high, we I don't believe that my expectations were met. Oh, so um, so because like John and Kevin, I was hoping for a festival of the masters in Epcot and Basically, everything I saw, you could buy anywhere else on property, Mm -hmm. except for these little fairy houses, which I thought were incredible. And there was this woman sitting there making one. (laughs) Shut up, Oliver. I'm sorry. And so my kids are into fairies. And so they're little fairy houses that you can buy. They're all made out of natural products, wood, moss, stones. She's not besmirching where you live. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. Oliver's fair. But um, that was the only thing that I saw that was not Disney. So this was a handmade thing? Somebody yes, handmade. Oh, cool. She was sitting there gluing all the pieces together. Um, we only tried the cookie with the kids. It was a giant chocolate chip cookie um, that they put little painted icing on that you can paint. Um, we did the Kid Cot, which was um, basically they changed it to a white piece of paper with a printed artist palette on it. And every country stamped something different inside of their section of paint. So they had like a Fleur de Lis in France. Um, there was a mask in Italy. Um, I can't think of some uh, origami yeah. in Japan. And the kids what colored those? Yeah. So at every station there was something different to stamp and color, which was kind of hard because they used to sitting there and coloring their whole bear. It's like, come on, let's get the next one. They're like, we're not. We want to keep coloring the whole thing. <laughs> um, I liked walking around, being able to see the different art, um, which is really nice. I just really was expecting a lot more as far as the actual physical art side of it, as far as drawings and paintings. So this was more Disney artists and not yes. outside artists. No, That's but I mean, I think the food booths are great, you know, because they do those for Flower and Garden. They do those for food and wine. Um, but I need more art. I didn't go and I agree with Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy or Oliver, any initial thoughts before we get into it? Um, 
I just was underwhelmed. I, I mean, I was thrilled that there was all kinds of figment merchandise. But then on the other hand, I felt bad because there was no merchandise or very little merchandise for somebody who didn't like figment. Um, but I don't know. It just didn't give me the warm fuzzies like Flower and Garden or Food and Wine does. Or Festival of the Masters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, that too. Because Festival of the Masters there would have been awesome. Yeah. For me, it, I feel like it's got potential. It's got potential to be a lot better than it is right now. Um, my initial impression when I first walked in, I was I was incredibly impressed. I was like, oh, awesome, they've done it right. And that's because there's a lot going on. There's a lot like to look at. You find as you walk around World Showcase, the things uh, are either buried away or non-existent. So it feels very patchy. It feels like there are food booths in some areas and not others. Um, it feels like there are there is art for sale in some areas and not others. Um, and the, the day that we actually visited, the weather the weather was terrible. It was on and off all day, which affected some things. Sometimes, you know, some people couldn't come out on the stage, like the bands. And I know that the living art statues had to go away because they're painted. Um, and I'm sure that definitely did affect uh, our experience as well. But it just didn't feel right. It felt like there was something missing, something lacking. It didn't feel like there was an atmosphere there mm-hmm. that you do get at Flower and Garden, at Food and Wine. It's just, I think that I think eventually it'll be great. But right now, I think even by the end of in this period, but when they're finishing it off in, is it March, Craig? That it February twenty February. February. Okay, so by the end of February, I'm 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 hoping they would have fixed these small issues to make it a really good event. But right now, it just doesn't feel like it's living up to the standards that they've set for their own events in Epcot. Okay, so after hearing all that, what's actually here? Well. Um, you know, not really a lot when you think about it. Uh, the new topiary that's out front, yeah. right behind Spaceship Earth, actually, not He's out cute. front. Mm-hmm. He's cute. Nice little addition. Um, I, lots of people just were walking by him, not even paying attention to him there. But uh, that is, you know, this event is all figment. It's mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. figment driven, and Kathy's never been happier. I, think <laughs> I actually love that because yeah. figment, I think figure, figures, I think, <laughs> think figment should be a bigger presence in Epcot. I do too. And they kind of, he's been the mascot since the beginning, and I don't think he gets enough play. Yeah. So I think this should be a permanent thing. Well, that's, he, he should be Orange Bird. Stephen, <laughs> uh, Stephen Miller from Merchandising with Disney, uh, you read about him on Disney Parks blog all the time. He is, I mean, he's been coming for years and years and years. He's in love with classic Disney, classic Epcot Center. And so a lot of his childhood was based around Figment, Orange Bird, and you know, going on horizons, and I, I think he's had a lot of push into now. Oh, good! What's being offered, especially with this event? He was like over the moon about the stuff he got. His team all got to create for this event. So, um, as long as you have people like that who really grew up on Disney World, Walt Disney World in the seventies and eighties, I think we're going to start seeing more and more of this retro uh, throwback coming in. That is exactly what, what I did. Yeah. Um, inside the Odyssey, it's actually being used fairly well for multiple things. There's a food booth in there as well as the, uh, you've been hearing about the Herb Ryman and Mary Blair art exhibits. Well, they, they are both in there. Exhibits is being very, very generous with that. There's, mm-hmm. uh, basically four walls that they put paintings on. Those are some of the Mary Blair ones just to give you an idea of the layout. And then on kind of the opposite side of it, they have Herb Ryman ones, which, uh, they're all 
kind of looking at Epcot art. So uh, Pete wanted us to steal him one of the Horizon shots mm-hmm. off the wall. Um, well, if you're taking orders, listen. <laughs> any one of the Mary Blairs will take. We're not picking. Yeah, we, we can't keep stealing them. Um, where eventually they will catch. I'm always on. too late. Uh, <laughs> and then also inside, they're doing interactive workshops. So the first one of the day, every day that they have the event at 11 a.m. That one actually costs money, thirty nine dollars. Uh, there's an a- annual pass holder and DVC discount. The rest of the ones of the day are free. The paid one, you actually get to learn how to do art and different designs, stuff like that. The ones that are after the free ones, you basically sit there and listen to a lecture, and I can't say anything good about that. That one in the Odyssey, I don't know what time we were there, but I felt for that person up on the stage. It was like watching Rodney Dangerfield up there that they were trying to no respect because there's people buying drinks, people eating. There's the thing going. It was like trying to do her lecture in a train station with everybody going past. It, it was not a good place to have. Yeah. No, it was Corey and I sat through it and we said uh, 30 minutes that we will never get back, unfortunately. Um, they also have plenty of merchandise, as we said, figment. I mean, just everything that you could ever hope and want for T-shirts. Uh, Tervis tumblers, uh, cups. I knew what plushes, those are now. All of them. <laughs> uh, it, it's all very figment driven. Uh, one Herb Ryman print that's available for $50 as well, too, which is absolutely amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if those sell out. And then, as we mentioned, as you walk around, there is some Disney fine art available to purchase from uh, Disney artists, some Imagineers in that case. Um, but, is the Herb Ryman themed for the festival? Like when you go to. Uh, um, when you go to the, I forgot what I was going to say. When you go to uh, Flower and Garden, there's usually one print that says Flower and Garden Festival 2016. Was there anything like that for sale? Mm-mm. We didn't see anything. And there was a stitch one. I don't know who did the stitch. I love that one. But there was no prints available. I know it. which one you're talking about because I had an umbrella. No? I, f- I forget what it was, but it was up in that area with. Um, Herb Ryman or Mary so Blair. So there's not an event poster. Not an event poster. I did. Yes, there is an event it, poster. Is there? So if sorry for everyone who's <laughs> I just boiled I was down talking about the will be on there. <laughs> I couldn't get it so out. So this oh, is the is. event poster right here for everyone watching. Top it right is this one right here. Yeah. So on the far and right it's a Herb corner, Ryman. that's a Herb Ryman. Okay, I didn't print, see that and one. It says Epcot International Festival of the Arts, fifty dollars. Um, so that's available, and we'll have a, photos of everything for everyone who's listening wants to see it in the show notes. Um, so I think there's a good wide variety of merchandise. So, but as Julie and everyone said, they need more outside art to really make fun, this festival though. thrive. The what's up right now? Oh, yeah, where the, you can go and paint the square. I can't wait. I hope to see what it looks like when it's finished. There's pictures up because it's just about done. Yeah, this it was done. This was obviously on day one or two. When well, on Sunday still it still wasn't hardly yeah. done. Well, no, they they've it's been so popular that they have to replace it almost every single day because it's finished oh, by okay. the end of it. Our day it was raining all day, so they didn't make yeah. a lot of progress. Where in the park is this? This is just as you're about to start making your way into Canada. It mm-hmm. is on the right-hand side before you hit Canada. This is going to be the so. wall we build between us and Canada? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. The wall we build between us and imagination. Um, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I, I really think that's cool. Everyone's been having a lot of fun going and painting. And um, and it's, it's free. It's free, yeah. Yeah. It's that's really cool. neat. It's um, just- 
essentially paid your hundred dollars to get in. <laughs> they also have a figment scavenger hunt that mm-hmm. how much does it cost for that, Kathy? It was six ninety nine. There's four different versions. I mean that is you don't precious. have to actually do the figment thing. You can just go mm-hmm. to the redemption center and pay your six ninety nine and they'll give you a magnet. So we did all four. Yeah. And they do it for the Easter egg scavenger hunts mm-hmm. all the time. Uh it's you're supposed to go around and put whatever figment picture you find in that country mm-hmm. onto the map, hand it in, and they'll give it to you. Um, but it is neat how they incorporated figment mm-hmm. throughout the different uh, countries into paintings that would come from there. So We like, didn't pay for the scavenger hunt. We just did it on our own. Yeah, well, that, that's all you have to do. <laughs> well, I have Corey's in, in my backpack. This so. is figment mm-hmm. in a Monet. Okay. And uh, Corey actually went and asked one of the French cast members if it was a Monet original, um, which I thought was very entertaining. So. <laughs> <laughs> they painted him into a Monet original? Oh, yeah. I yep. love that. I went back to the merchandise. When you've got Bob Iger money. You can do that. <laughs> you can get the a lot of the merchandise now on the Shop Disney app. Yes. It just came out today. Yeah. No, that's that's a nice feature for everyone out there who isn't going to make it to the event. Um, they also, as I mentioned, the local musicians that are coming and playing on the stage, living statues. Again, still creepy. Um, but the big thing about this event, I think the most successful part is the Disney on Broadway, uh, mm-hmm. which... Uh, is available through a dining package, kind of like Candlelight Processional or Standby. Annual pass holders are able to book their tickets ahead of time. Um, but basically, yeah, you, every every weekend they have different performers. Uh, Ashley Brown, who played Mary Poppins, and Josh Strickland, who played Tarzan, were here week one and two. And Carrie Butler from Beauty and the Beast and Kevin Massey from Tarzan. Here weeks three and four, Kissy Simmons and Alton Fitzgerald White from The Lion King are here weeks five and six. Uh, we got to sit and watch the whole concert for Ashley Brown and Josh Strickland. And, you know, they, they are Broadway performers, so it's, it's incredible. It's only a 30-minute show, so it's not, you know, it, it could definitely stand to be a little bit longer. But all you have to do is stand in the back and you can have three three different shows in one night that you're there and i'm sure they change up the variety of the songs and everything but uh just absolutely fantastic um cool for people who don't get to see broadway shows very often but still get a little bit of a taste for uh their favorite disney songs on broadway so let's talk about the big thing what we all were excited for with the festival the food studios shall we Mm. okay food studios there's seven of them this year and we got to sample a uh, variety of the items that they had available not everything uh any favorites stand out um yes i i very much enjoyed in germany i forgot the name of the actual um the oh, food the cuisine classique. I believe that's the one. Um, that and there, they have, yeah, they have like a uh, a beef there that was fantastic. It yeah. was absolutely gorgeous. Um, there it is, just there yes. for those watching. This for me was easily the uh, tastiest thing that I've ever had, and I'm I'm also including um, past food and wines and flower and gardens. This thing was absolutely outstanding. You don't know it what was. it was called? Um, it was, I believe, it's a braised. Is- yeah, if that's the correct one, I just had it in front of me. It's the braised short rib, I oh, believe. Oh, it's the beef, my short, rib? beef yeah. short rib. That's, that's the one I want to try. That's yeah, to get back. The braised beef short rib with parsnip puree, broccolini, baby tomatoes, and aged balsamic. One thing you will notice as well is uh, when they're serving up the food, they focus very much on the presentation. Yes. So it will take a lot longer to get your food out to you. Um, and I, I thought personally, I'm not sure if everyone agreed, but I thought the portion sizes were on slightly the larger side this yes. time around rather than um, food and wine. So 
Um, Food-wise, I was impressed. I yeah. really was. Now, they, these are also works of art. That's why they are part of this festival. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney was very honest in admitting you will have long waits at these food booths because, uh, for example, they have a charcuterie plate that it takes 14 different steps just to put it all together. Um, so, it, you know, this is not sloppily presented food. This is the the most beautiful you ever see Epcot Festival food. Um, and it does come with a little bit of a higher price tag for a lot of the items than food and wine. Still very reasonable. I just think that most things were about a dollar or two more. You guys you'd couldn't find, find a picnic table? There were a lot of picnic tables. You had to use the wet trash can? That wasn't me. <laughs> I, that, I believe I believe that photo. Where there by, were tables, there weren't food booths. Yeah. Um, I have to say, just really quickly, that there were more tables at this event than any other yes. event, and I do not understand why they cannot bring out these very nice picnic tables that I saw right. everywhere for will. food Maybe and wine. They, they bought these for this, and they'll use it for because food it was very nice. Yeah. I um, will say that we still managed to struggle for space in areas. Mm-hmm. So there's still, although they're they're improving on it, it's still not well, good enough. Usually, it's a high top iron round black table you guys know that you stand around with you know strangers <laughs> um my favorite one of my favorite places here was the e equals at squared booth that did a lot of deconstructed items including uh, a deconstructed cob salad with smoked duck breast avocado mousse smoked bacon and blue cheese and it was out of this world and Corey got the pork belly there um which was a blt that was sort yeah no it was it was all very good and again the presentation is just absolutely beautiful um you know it's a shame you have to start constructing it all back together in order to get the full taste experience but that's part of it but my favorite item that i had was the uh the smoked venison um you know it's just a little piece of venison but it was no, that's a scallop. Okay. Oh, that looks like a scallop. <laughs> He's never eaten before. That's what they call um, that in England. Yes. Yeah. Smoke, yeah, we know um, that. The, the venison, it was just absolutely 100% out of this world. I will go back and get it. It was like about seven fifty for it, but um, amazing. Yeah, I, I like the food overall. I didn't try it, but I'm hearing a lot of people like the mushroom risotto yeah. in Canada. That's supposed to be really good. I can't eat risotto in the heat. It just I like risotto, me down. but not mushrooms. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> wow, sorry. That was <laughs> just before rude. we move on. Hate you too, Craig. Yes. Just before we move on from food, there is one more. We don't actually have a photo of it, but I would definitely suggest that you try this. Um, there is, and again, the the booth that we got it from is completely escaping me, but there is a potato, a purple um, sweet potato pie that oh, Kathy yeah. and I yeah. both yes. got to try. Did you yes. try that as well, Craig? I didn't. You did that not? Was okay. very good. For me, this was very interesting because it's different. It's very, very different, and the taste is... Um, it's, I don't want to say different again, but it's it's unusual, you know? It kind of, it challenges your taste buds, I'll say that. Um, that for me was one of, that was definitely up there. It was one of the more uh, interesting items that I tried that I would encourage other people to uh, venture out there and try something new, so. He's trying to use every word he can that's not different. Not. I know, I was, because I'm not the human theosaurus right now. I'm it just was, it was one of those, um, like if you closed your eyes, you, you would. Yeah, <laughs> I hope somebody else caught that. Tough room, tough room. Well, you guys already shared your opinion of the event. I actually kind of disagree. While it was spread out all over the place, it's it's more. I don't look at it as a separate big event at Epcot. I look at it as just something in addition to your already Epcot experience. Mm-hmm. If you go in it with that 
expectation of it, it's nice to have those little extra details, uh, especially. Well, don't you the think they're trying to bring people in? Yeah, no, I, I think, but I think a lot of people who aren't repeat local visitors all the time are actually going to be okay with it. Well, then with don't the event take away is. my Festival of the Masters and then put this at Epcot and not expect me to expect more. We are okay, very, very I have inclined, <laughs> but I agree with Julie. In the, in the future, I'm sure we will see outside artists. You know, I did hear a lot of people saying, I can find this at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you sat there as we were eating our food and stuff, um, you weren't seeing a lot of people with merchandise. I don't know if they were just shopping that day that we were there, but I always look how many people are carrying Disney bags, and you didn't see a lot of people carrying bags. I think bags. my point was food and wine brings people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Flower and Garden Show brings people in. This strikes me that they're trying to bring people in in January because mm-hmm. earlier yeah. right. you said other than race week, yeah. it Agreed. kind of slopes yeah. off. So. If you're now telling people that this isn't special, it's just it's Epcot with extra. I don't know that it's a success. That's I true. feel like it's yeah. got the potential to be though. Like it wasn't awful. It was it was very much yeah. in the vein of the other um, the other festivals that they do. It was just the day we went. I felt like there was something missing. The it was also raining that day. It the was the fact true. that it's the weekends only seems to be that this first one might be geared towards locals. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. if they were looking to bring people into vacation. It would be all the time. Yeah. So I, they're going to take called it Epcot Festival of the Masters. People might like it more. Yeah, I, I think they'll take feedback and they will build on it drastically next year. So because um, right now a lot of people are giving it very good feedback. Not a lot of our group, but a lot of. People it's not that, horrible. It just yeah. needs more. Right. Yeah. Right. So we always want more. A non-event event. Well, didn't you feel, though, like when you first started going around, like at the front of World Showcase, it's like, okay, now I've got to pace myself because you're thinking there's going to be as many food stations, food kitchens, whatever they're called, around the way. And then you got around, like, the backside, and you're there like, where's the booth? No, I will agree. There was a lot of space in between. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I know now that I can go back once or twice more. I can probably get all the food options that I could ever want. Right. Whereas something like food and wine, you know, you have to go very often to get a lot of the different food items. Right. I just, you know, during the day I was there, I kind of didn't like it that much. After reflecting on it, I'm actually, I'm okay with everything. I, I mean, I'll it. go back and do it again now that I know how it is. But like when we went in, you're thinking like, you know. Up on the the like by Mexico and Canada, there's all these food booths, and then you come around, you know, like be, like after Germany, wasn't it pretty lean? Yeah, yeah, all the way till Mexico. Yeah, yeah. But so if you're going out, let us know how you feel about the event, if you enjoy it or not, and uh, we'd be interested in that feedback. But that is going to finally do it for this show. So thank you all for the fun conversation that we just had for the past hour plus and uh, of course we will be back with you next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged so that's going to do it for us this week please play the music now I'm running out of things to say and uh, we'll see you again later bye everyone (laughs) 